0: You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 81. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
1: Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by Kingsters
0: for Kingsters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now, your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. We want to talk about how you go about addressing your challenges in your relationships. And for most of us, most polyamorous people, when we come across a challenge in our relationships, a lot of times, a lot of times first we'll go and we'll we'll try and get help from like our community or, uh, you know. Read some books. Read some books, get something in some Facebook groups. But if things get a little more serious, our default a lot of times is that we're going to, Go out and we're gonna find a therapist and we're gonna go see this therapist. How many of you have been to see a therapist at some point about problems in your relationships? I can tell you that we have,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And you know, the, the thing is is that that that's pretty much the norm. It's kind of like this social norm, and it doesn't matter if you're a monogamous, it doesn't matter if you're polyamorous.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is such a norm that, like, When you watch movies and characters have problems in their relationship, where do they go? TV shows, like if any of you watch The Sopranos or any long-term running show where there is a relationship and the couple has problems, where do they go? They go to a therapist.
0: Yeah, it's really, really common. And the thing is, you know, and, and so when I talked about interaction that we've had with people over the last week, right? a lot of people that hear some of the things that we say about therapy and therapists in specific cases, and they, they really get this impression. I think that we hate therapists uh, and we hate therapy. And uh, you know, like I, I wrote in the description, we are writing this up. That's not exactly true. We don't actually hate therapists. Therapists are really good depending on, on the, the goal that you're trying to achieve. We've actually been to therapists in the past. We, we, a lot of times when we coach people, depending on what else they have going on in their lives, we'll kind of work in conjunction with their therapist. But the thing is, is that it it really depends on what you're looking for. Right. Because there's some situations where a therapist can be incredibly helpful and there's other situations where at best they're kind of useless uh, and wasting your money and at worst where they actually can cause a bit of harm um you know one of the comments that we had on this this thing when we posted it was somebody who said like last week they went to a therapist and the therapist just told them to break up and we're going to talk a little more about that but the thing is is that whether going to a therapist is a good thing or a bad thing it really depends a lot on the techniques of that particular therapist and what results you're trying to achieve and this is it's really important to understand this because for those of us who are going to think about going to a therapist at some point it's really important to know you know whether that's going to be helpful or whether it's going to cause problems instead of just going and doing that by default
1: yeah so i think it's important to kind of mention when this can be helpful right Um, and i think that the reason why we want to bring up the why it is helpful before talking about why it is not is because there are very specific instances where therapy is very helpful. Yeah. Um,
0: So we're going to talk about on this. We're going to talk about when a therapist is likely to be helpful for what you're looking for when they're not. And then most importantly, I think we're going to talk about how you should be evaluating a therapist or really, and we'll talk about it a little more, but really anyone that you're going to trust with your relationships because at the end of the day, you know, the important thing here is that while therapists share a lot of the same techniques in some cases and and views, they are individuals. And it's really important to evaluate somebody you're thinking about talking to rather than just being like, oh, they're a therapist and going from there. So I want just a word on definitions before this. And I kind of realized, you know, when we were getting ready for this, this talk that we use therapist and counselor Cassie and I, when we talk, kind of
1: interchangeably.
0: Yeah, interchangeably, interchangeably. And uh, so I really, I went and I, I did a little look. It's like, well, what is a counselor? What is a therapist? And you know, it turns out that even not just how we're using it, uh, but those are pretty fuzzy definitions. They vary a lot depending on where you live. And you know, some states you need a certain certification to call yourself a therapist. Some states you don't. But you know, really, at the end of the day, a lot of people use those titles interchangeably especially when we're talking about things for our relationships. So I'm not going to go into the weeds on that because it's not really helpful for what we're talking about because the what we're going to be addressing is the same regardless of whether it's a counselor, whether it's a therapist, whether you're in a state where that matters. So for the sake of this video, we're just going to use the word therapist and we're going to use that to refer to anybody who you pay usually on an hourly basis, right, to go talk to about your problems and, and to help you overcome challenges that you're facing in your relationships. The other thing here, and, and this is what's really important, is that we're doing a lot of generalizing in this video. And we're doing a lot of generalizing because generally when we think about therapists, we're thinking about that generally, right? People are like, oh, I'm going to see a therapist and I'm this and I'm that. And as a general rule, there's a lot of times when therapy is good, when therapy is bad, but really at the end of the day, I do just want to point out that every therapist and every person you might approach to help you with your relationships is different. And it's important to evaluate them separately, individually, <laughs> individually uh, and just keep in mind these things that we're talking about and these these different tools that they might use when they're helpful, when they're not, and evaluate them individually. And that's why at the end of this, we're going to really dive into how you should be evaluating somebody that you're looking at for help.
1: As far as looking for a therapist for your relationship, as mentioned before, you know, there are some big reasons why you might want to look for a therapist. And,
0: and there's places, you know, a lot of times when we will, you know, we have people come to us and talk to us that will point them to a therapist, right? Because there's certain situations, again, where a therapist can be pretty helpful in the context of getting help with your relationships.
1: For one, especially if there is a mental health thing going on, specific types of, ailments that you need specific help on. Say, for instance, you know, if you have an eating disorder, this would be a very good time to go and find a therapist that specializes in that particular area. And I'm being very specific here a therapist that specifically works in that area. And
0: it might be a psychologist at that point, right? Depending on on the thing.
1: When it's something like that, where you have a a specific disorder that you are looking for help with. Um, And again, it's going to be a therapist that is specific in that area. And a lot of times it's a psychologist. Dealing with past trauma. If you have had in the past abuse or addictions or,
0: well, um, I address addictions a little separately, but I was
1: saying other people's addictions that you were dealing with. So your, your past trauma of, of dealing with others. So dealing with people in the context of being abused, things like that. And then on the other side, if you yourself have an addiction, that's a good time to reach out and talk to a therapist.
0: Yeah. So, so like Cassie said, mental health stuff, dealing with, with any kind of like past trauma. And, and when we're talking about this, right, it's important to understand these things can very much impact your relationships. And, you know, a lot of times you'll want to find somebody who specifically works with that kind of thing. Like when we have somebody come to us, they're like, Hey, you know, we've got the stuff going on in our relationship, but a lot of it's coming from like substance abuse. A lot of times we'll send that person to a therapist and either just, you know, if, if that's the whole problem mostly send them to a therapist to deal with that or like I said earlier work in conjunction with the therapist right so uh, dealing with past trauma any you know stuff with like addiction substance abuse and this this is a little bit of an iffy thing stuff with domestic violence um I say that and I, I I say that with with a little hesitation because I think that a lot of times if there's been domestic violence it's not a good relationship to stay in but if you're, you know, you're for whatever reason you've decided to try and make it work with that person, and you're both trying to overcome that, a therapist is, is definitely specializes in that kind of stuff,
1: and specifically like a behavioral therapist in that case.
0: Yeah, uh, is 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 definitely somebody can be helpful. Another time that a therapist can be really helpful is, and, and we're actually starting to get a little bit to the crux of the matter here. Uh, we'll talk about that a little more is if you're, you, you want to, and this goes with dealing with the past trauma, right? But you want to go over things that like hash out things that happened in the past. Like you have something in your relationship in the past that happened that you feel is really inhibiting stuff going forward. And you really feel like that stands on its own. Like it's this thing, maybe, maybe somebody cheated. Right. And it's not really like you you don't really have a lot of current relationship issues like coming from that. Like it's not really affecting your relationship a ton on like a day to day basis of you still need to like work on rebuilding trust and that kind of thing. But you really just need to like hash it out and get that off your chest.
1: I'm going to use an example from you. I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit If that's All right. A long time ago, Josh had to deal with a circumstance where I almost died. So. I didn't die. Obviously I'm here. Hi, everybody. I'm live Cassie, but that did happen. And it was really, really stressful. It was really, really upsetting for you. And with that, that happened. And then afterwards, Josh was still dealing with those feelings, right? He was still dealing with the emotions that came from that it wasn't really a good place to just talk to me about it. Right. Cause I was dealing with my own emotions. It was something that I was dealing with on my own and kind of overcoming. So having a therapist to be able to go and vent those feelings and, and kind of get out those emotions, not to the person who's going through it was a good place.
0: And I was, I was fortunate there too because we had a pretty dear friend who was actually like a licensed, he was actually a
1: Psych, doctor, psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyways, it was, it was, anyways, <laughs> well, unfortunately no longer with us. And the other thing is, and you'll notice a lot of these are kind of related, but if you're looking for, like, if you need a safe place to vent, and this can be either on your own or with your partner. So maybe like Cassie was just talking about, like something happened and this isn't something I really need to hash out with my partner, but it's, I really need a space to get this off my chest and and vent about my feelings. Right. And I'm going to go and a therapist can be a great place to do that. Alternatively, say I have something going on with my partner. Can I give a specific example from our own life here? Sure. Okay. I'm trying to think of a good one.
1: <laughs>
0: We've had a couple. Say I have a specific situation going on with my partner where it's just like, it's not that we can't solve this, but it's, it's really just a super emotionally charged issue. Like this isn't something that's been going on a long time. And you really just need kind of a space to do that where somebody's going to keep a check on, on people's emotions and ensure that that conversation goes in a decent manner. And then a therapist can be great for that too. And I, I feel like kind of the way you distinguish that, if, if this is something that you can go and like in a session or two, like vent about and get, get through it. That's a good candidate for therapy. If this is something where it's really like, it's not something you've been dealing with a long time. It's really just like a really emotional issue. And you really just feel like you need somebody there to kind of catch the the super high emotions in between you
1: someone to monitor yeah that is an outside party versus someone who's going to get involved in it
0: yeah then the therapist can be a really good place to go to too right and, and obviously there's other other circumstances in your personal life like things like dealing with things at work or stuff like that I'm really we're really kind of focusing on the relationship end of things but obviously there's a lot of things in your personal life traumas big and small things like that that can have an effect on your relationship that, you know, it's helpful to go get that hammered out. So those are places where it can be really, really helpful to go to a therapist. And I want to talk now, I want to move this over to when a therapist may not be the best choice, or may even actually, in some cases, wind up causing some some more problems than already exist. And again, disclaimer, this is going to be really specific to the particular therapist. That's why it's important to evaluate. But Just some, a lot of general things that we've seen as a whole, when people come to us and say that we've talked to therapists and here's what happened. Okay. As a general thing, you know, you have, like I said, like something trauma, something dealing with your past, just needing to vent. That's a great place to go ahead and approach a therapist. When you're looking for a specific outcome, like we want to get from point A to point B, that's the place where a lot of times a the therapist is not going to be the best option for you in the context of your relationships. Like you're currently like really sucking and you want to get to a place of having amazing relationships and being happy and healthy and enjoying your time with your partners. Therapy a lot of times isn't going to be the best solution for that. And we're going to go into why. The first thing that I want you to understand, and this is why this is a topic that we want to talk about is... Interestingly enough, didn't have very strong feelings on this until we really got into working with folks about their relationships. And the reason that I say that is because pretty much everybody that we talk to, everybody that comes through our program, uh, particularly, but even most of the people that we just talk to on the phone or at our classes have been to a therapist at some point
1: therapist uh, well the people <laughs> who come to our program
0: have usually been through at least two therapists
1: mm-hmm. at usually different points multiple.
0: usually yeah. multiple and usually at best they found that unhelpful to at worst like it's caused problems that weren't even there before and that, that's why i actually feel pretty strongly about this like i said this was a topic i felt strongly about before
1: Yeah. And a lot of times with the therapists that they've been to, you know, they've tried different therapists. They've found that they get conflicting kind of uh, information from both therapists. And a lot of times it's not even that the therapist gave them conflicting information. It's that they came up with conflicting information on their own.
0: Yeah. So, so I want to talk about why that can be the case, why it can be that when you're looking for a specific outcome, when you're looking to get from point A to point B therapy, might not be the best option. And what I would suggest is when you're talking to a specific therapist, like I said, we're going to talk about how to evaluate, keep these things in mind because these are the things that you want to have have in mind and you want to look out for when you're evaluating. So the first thing is that a lot of the techniques that therapists use are really focused on the past. And a lot of those kind of past focused techniques are either not helpful for moving things forward or like have actively been proven To hurt with trying to move things forward?
1: One of those things is talking about your problems over and over and over and over again. And this is like a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of coaching for you guys. How many of you have been in a situation where you were upset about something and then told somebody about it and got more upset, then told somebody else and got more upset? Like that person who cut you off in the line at the store. How pissed off are you with that person at the end of the day after telling that story 10 times? Think about therapy. That's the same thing. You'll go back over and over and over again. So you really want to look at, is this therapist someone who does that? Goes over the same thing a million times.
0: And the other problem is, like I said, therapy a lot of times tends to be very past focused, right? What happened in your past? What's happened in the past in your relationships? Let's rehash what happened this week. How you felt about it, this that, and the other, and obviously, you know, the, a certain extent of that is important. But a lot of times, a focus on the past is really not that useful or helpful with focusing on moving forward. But one of which is we never remember the past the same way with our partners. And I, I'm not going to go into the, the reasons why that is the case. Okay. But we never remember things the same way. And when we go into rehashing the past and rehashing what happened and who was at fault and this, that, and the other and blah, 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 blah. It, it just really turns into an argument about something that it, it's an argument that can't be won. It's a position a lot of times that can't be gotten past because you genuinely just both remember that situation differently. And when we rehash the past and we rehash the past, not only a, do we wind up really just arguing nonstop about what happened, but when we're in that place of being arguing about what happened and feeling upset and feeling wronged, it really keeps us from making plans on how to move forward. So this stuff is, is not very helpful. And I think we're going to kind of wrap up this section here of, of this, but it's just important to realize that. A lot of times, the methods that you use to get those outcomes in therapy aren't necessarily the same methods that you want to use to try and get from point A to point B. (laughs) The second problem in this, I'm going to let you actually hop on this because I know this drives you absolutely crazy.
1: So I talk to folks on the phone a lot. I talk and we do a lot of breakthrough calls. And a lot of these folks, as we mentioned before, have seen multiple therapists. And I always dig into, well, what Have they given you to work on? Like what specific advice, what specific things have they given? And it's like, well, they they didn't. They kind of asked me what I thought, uh, how I felt about it and uh, what
0: I thought I should do. Yeah.
1: What I thought I thought I should do there's a problem there for a lot of these things if you haven't figured it out and that's why we mentioned like if you have a problem where you're just trying to get through a conversation maybe one or two sessions to be able to have like a monitor to keep you guys from getting heated but if you haven't figured out the solution yet what is 12 months two years of therapy going to do
0: yeah And this really anybody who's been to therapy has heard, you know, a number of times, like, what do you think you should do in the situation? And the problem with that is that kind of that kind of really trying to get you to internalize and figure this stuff out. That works really well for mindset changing, right? Which is an important part of of coaching. We work with our clients a lot on mindset, but you can't divorce mindset from the actual practical day to day. What do you do here? And. Anybody who's been in therapy any like the time has heard that. What do you think you should do? And a little while back, we had a conversation with somebody, a friend of ours, who's a therapist, who, you know, we went through a bunch of of questions that people had sent. And at the end of it, you know, Cassie was like, you know, there was really a lot of like things there where you just kind of left it up in the air as far as, you know, how did they think they should handle the situation? And our friend was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a therapist. I don't tell people what to do. I, I try and get them to think about what they should do themselves. And like I said, that's fine when it comes to mindset stuff and changing mindset. But when it comes to actually like, here are the techniques, here are the steps you need to put in place. Here is what you should do A, B, C, and D to get where you want to be. If you knew that you would have done it already.
1: And As as Josh was saying, I don't want to put down the mindset aspect. You know, we've in the past worked with like a business coach, right? And there is some mindset stuff like you are worth, you know, your business and, you know, shifting your beliefs around your, your business and how you think about yourself as a business person. And that stuff is really important. But at the end of the day, helping us with our business, we can feel good about ourselves as business people all day long. But we also still need to find out how to do the practical end of running a business, right? So if we would have figured out how to do the practical end of running our business, we wouldn't have gone to that person for help to begin with.
0: Yeah. And these, these are kind of interconnected, right? But the next part is, is the lack of a system. Usually when you're dealing with a therapist, you, you really get this kind of, okay, you go, you talk about this thing. Okay, here's you know, either maybe if you're lucky what you should do about it or, you know, kind of a talking to you about what you think you should do, right? But there is no real system, no real structure in place to get you from A to B to C to D, to get you, as, as we said again, from point A to point B. And anytime you're trying to go from one place to a definite goal, you need a definitive map to get there. And more importantly, the person who's helping you needs a definitive map to get there, because otherwise you're just kind of tackling stuff on an ad hoc basis, but you're never really building and improving and getting over the issues that you're facing and getting to the point where you want to be.
1: It's a lack of a step-by-step process. For many of you who may have gone to therapists, you probably know that you did the, I go to this this week and we talk about whatever's heated at the moment, right? Uh, you ticked me off the other day when you didn't do the dishes and that's what we spend our hour on. And then next week it might be something else. It lacks an actual like step-by-step. These are the things we're handling now. This is what we're handling next. And this is what we're handling after that.
0: And as a result of that, it lacks, this is where we're getting to. You can't get from here to here without a system, right? Therapy a lot of times leaves you in kind of this perpetual state of just, not completely awful to the point of breaking up, but not getting anywhere any further. And it's that lack of a structure. It's that lack of a system of a, a roadmap to get you from here to here that causes that. There's a saying, and I'm, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, but it's something along the lines of, uh, if you don't know where you're going, you're always going to be lost, right? And and that's really the thing. So that that's that's that end. And that really connects to this next point, right? Which has to do with, The length of time that it takes you to get any results with, like, say, couples therapy.
1: Yeah, because there isn't, as we were talking about, that knowing the end, there is no end result in sight. A lot of times it is, well, you just keep coming back and I'll see you next week, right? There isn't a, okay, so by the time we're at this point, this is where we should be. After this time, this is where we should be. Uh, I just had a breakthrough call and the gentleman on the phone was talking about how he and his wife went to uh, a therapist and they were talking with her and he, they asked her how long it was going to be. And I was like, I'm, I'm curious, how long is that estimate? And he was like, well, she said at least a few years. And that- she
0: said, don't expect to see any results before 12 months. That yeah. was the-
1: and and don't expect to see any results for a year. And I... Was kind of in shock because a lot of these like problems that they were having have very specific solutions to them.
0: We, when we work with people, (laughs) we work with them for 10 weeks. Like, we get them from, and I mean, we take people from like awful relationships breaking up, not sure that they want to be with this person anymore, to like happy and amazing and like new relationship energy kind of like lovey stuff going on in 10 weeks. You don't need. A year. You don't need six months, right? Not to make massive, massive changes to get you 99% of where you want to go, right? I mean, yeah, you, you want to get that last couple percent. It's going to take some time, maybe, but not to get you to where you want to be. And, you know, the problem with that is like, and this isn't just, by the way, a story about clients that we've had this conversation with you know like i said we've gone to therapy before and really it's a situation like i was saying where it's just you go and 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 and they just kind of keep things here and i really liked our therapist Mm -hmm. right Uh, like i really do but i was really thinking about this as we were putting this 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 together and i was like you know we went for a couple years i mean on and off and it was really just like okay so you know this is what's going on this week and we're here but there was there was never really an end to it, right? We never really got where we were looking for in that process. And, A, do you really want to waste that kind of time, right? Like, we're all here for a limited period of time, like, spending years just kind of, eh, because you don't have a a game plan to get from point A to point B is awful enough to begin with. But there's some other problems with that, right? First off, just the number of people who end up breaking up during that process is insane. And, this is a, a slightly divergent topic and I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole. Cause I don't know the reason for this. The number of therapists that we see tell people to break up who have recoverable problems. I was talking about the person who had posted on this when we had posted about doing this training, but, and it said, you know, my therapist last week just told me to break up. We see that a lot. I don't know the reason for it. So I'm not going to, Speculate, too speculate much. too far, but I'll say I've seen that enough that it disturbs me where you have people with perfectly solvable relationship problems where their, their therapist just tells them to break up. I, I don't. Anyways, that's one problem. And the other problem is just so that's, you know, the length of time, A, just is unacceptable, like just for enjoying your relationships and, and your quality of life. B, a lot of people end up breaking up during that process because they get sick of their relationships being eh or sucky the whole time. Right. And just being just not bad enough to break up.
1: And I've talked to couples who the consistent bad going on in their relationship and then the consistent getting worse after going to therapy because now we're rehashing something that we weren't arguing about anymore and consistently doing that over and over and over again, month after month actually has pushed them to, before we were talking about we had bad problems. Now we're talking about divorce. Now we're talking about separating our assets because it has gotten worse versus the improvements that we were hoping for
0: yeah and this this leads into really my last and this is a general problem that i have with therapy i don't like the way it's incentivized i feel like it's it's and we've we've had a lot of discussions about this i really feel like therapy as a general practice the incentives there are really structured in a way that's really poor for the people going to it right because basically it makes the most sense financially for this person that you're seeing to not solve your problems and keep you in therapy as long as possible. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that that's what every therapist does, because that's not the case. There's plenty of ethical people out there who are you know really want to help you and want to get that through. But I don't like that incentive structure for people, right? Like that that rubs me. Uh, I, I think it provides it provides incentive for for poor behavior for not helping people.
1: We had a previous client who said something to me that actually gave me a lot of thought and pause. As you said, this wasn't a topic that we were that passionate about until talking to our people. And he was talking about how him and his wife and their partner had gone to therapy with a therapist for several years. And he was like, and I recognize that my wife also during that time went every week and got her nails done. And he said, it was the same sort of situation. You go there for an hour you do some stuff, but the person never actually teaches you how to fix the problem, so you keep coming back. And again, there's probably, well, I guarantee there is is—there is folks out there who are ethical, who are doing the work the right way, but there are probably those folks out there playing the system, which is, I know that if I keep asking you to solve your own problem and not giving you the tools, you're going to keep coming back to me week after week.
0: So I just want to, you know, that, that, that I don't like, I think the whole thing's incentivized in a fashion that is not helpful. This is what I like about coaching, right? Like when you're dealing with coaching, you pay a fee to get a result and and that's, that's it. Like it's, it's, there's no incentive to keep you wallowing for an extended period of time. So I'm going to move off that topic. I just, but it's something that I don't think a lot of people think about. So the question is, what's the the lesson that you should learn from this? It's not that you should never see a therapist. I am not saying that. We're generalizing a lot here, and this really comes down to an individual thing. The important thing to realize is that these are things that you need to keep in mind when you are evaluating people who you're looking to help you with your relationships. And you shouldn't just automatically assume that just because somebody says they're a therapist that what they're going to provide you is the best option for what you're looking for. Particularly, like I said, if you're looking to get from point A to point B, you really need to actually evaluate that person. And how do you evaluate that person? And the the important thing to realize, and this is what I'm hoping you're, you're taking away from this, you should evaluate that person the same way you would evaluate anybody that you're looking to pay to help you with your relationships. Really anybody that you're looking to help you with your relationships, period. And not just because you see that word therapist there automatically assume that this person is going to be able to give you what you're looking for. So let's talk about, and I know we, we had some questions on this. What are the criteria you should use to evaluate somebody? And I'm actually going to move off of a therapist at this point. What are the criteria that you should use to evaluate anybody that you're trusting with your relationships and with trying to make things better, particularly when you're looking to hire somebody to do that?
1: Because our relationships really are one of the most important things in our lives. It should be something you're giving a lot of thought to. And the first thing is, is this person actually non-monogamous? Are they actually living the life that they're supposed to be helping you with? And I don't mean the type of person that is saying, well, I accept you. I'm friendly. I'm friendly. friendly. And I really, really, really want to stress this because it's very important because we don't do this anywhere else, right? If I was a race car driver or I'm working with a race car driver and he comes to me and says, well, I'm looking for someone to help me improve my skills as a race car driver. I can accept you as a race car driver. I accept you. But I don't know the first thing about being a race car driver. I don't understand the struggles. I don't understand the risks. I don't understand the fears that come out of that. And that person, even if their best intention is to be accepting, they don't understand. They are not going to have that first-person insight that you really need to help somebody with an outcome.
0: Yeah, we see a lot of stuff where people go and they go to somebody for help with their relationships and either, you know, you got kind of got three ends of things, right? A, the person tells them if they're not accepting, well, hey, you just shouldn't be polyamorous. That's why you have relationship problems. And they never actually address the very real relationship challenges that are there. B, people spend all their time that they're paying for educating somebody on polyamory instead of actually getting help. Or C, best case scenario, this person really is accepting. You don't have to educate them. They really just aren't familiar enough with the challenges that are specific to polyamory and how to overcome those challenges to really be helpful. Because the thing is, what a lot of polyamorous people don't realize is when they're having problems in their relationships... A lot of those we like to tell people like ninety percent of those problems are really just general relationship problems, right? But that ten percent is super important, and if you don't, if the person doesn't understand how to overcome those ten percent, that weaves into everything else, and their their ability to help is super super limited. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is that you should be evaluating is how much of their time do they spend doing this? How much of their time do they spend helping people? Get the outcome that you want. And this kind of takes two forms. First off, when you're looking at like i'm I'm going to take it from like kind of the general polyamory end and then the therapist specific end. When you're talking about the general polyamory end, you have a lot of people who might be willing to help, who might be familiar with polyamory. But this isn't something that they really spend a lot of time doing. Like they have a full-time job. They're a truck driver or an accountant or a nurse or whatever. And they help people with this on the weekends. On the side. On the side. And, you know, A, that's a measure of their experience. And it's also a measure of their skill. Because most people, if they were really, really amazingly good at what they were offering you, this is something that they do full-time. So that's, that's the one end of it. But the second end of it comes from a therapy standpoint. So when you're looking at a therapist and you're evaluating a therapist, therapists a lot of times cover a lot of different things. You know, I'm a therapist and I work with sexual dysfunction and I work with past related trauma and I help people out with their relationships and I this and that and, and their children. Yeah, and 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 children behavioral problems, attention deficit disorder. Okay, how much time, how much of their time does this person spend? working on the outcome that you want. You want to improve your relationships. How much time, how much of their time, even if this person is a full-time therapist, does this person spend helping people improve their relationships? That's something you should find out, right? You know, it's one of those, uh, somebody who's, who does many things is usually the master of none kind of a deal. So you, you really want to find somebody who specializes in that exact thing that you're looking for help for. We're talking about relationships. If you're looking for therapists, you want to find somebody who spends the vast majority of their time helping people overcome relationship challenges. Yeah. So that's that. Cassie, you want to talk about process?
1: Sure. Um, The other thing that you want to do is when you're evaluating this person, you want to ask them about their process. First of all, do they have a process? Like, is their process something that is step-by-step? Can they explain to you? And I'm not saying that you're going to get their whole syllabus, right? Like I, when people ask me my step-by-step process, I'm not like, here's my syllabus and all of my teaching stuff because that's not what I would do um, or anybody else would do who's, you know, who, who offers help as a living. But they should be able to tell you the step-by-step. They should be able to say, at this point, you should expect this. At this point, you should expect that. And the way that I have done this is by doing X, Y, and Z. And there are these parts for this reason. You're doing these things for that reason.
0: And this is where you're going to get at the end of this process. And here are the steps you're going to take to get you there. Going back to our people the other night, right? You guys talking she said, Well, what is their process? Said, well, she never told us. She just told us we're going to be coming there for a year. Well, what, what what what's the process? Where is where is she going to get you? What are the steps that she's going to take to get you there? You're talking about a major investment. Like, and and major, like not just a major investment, but a major impact on your relationships, either for the positive or the negative. Like these are things that you need to know to move forward, right? And then how long is this process going to take?
1: Yeah. And again, you know, when I was talking to this gentleman, I was like, you know, you're talking about a year. Can your relationship last a year? And a lot of the folks that I talk to who are having significant issues in their relationship They're not sure they're going to last a month. And, and now we're, we're committing to a year of our lives, hoping that we get to see some progress, you know, as, as the gentleman said, you know, the therapist told him expect about a year before you start to see real progress. Right. So with that, you know, is this something that we are actually even going to make it through? Right. Like, is, is this a timely thing? Um, is this going to get to the point where this this problem is going to grow so much that it's going to fall apart? Um, I've talked to folks before in the past about needing a band aid versus surgery, right? So if this is a problem where you need heart surgery and you're going to die, you know, in the next month, are you okay with waiting a year for that to happen, right? That surgery to happen, or is this something where you need to find a different path where? there's a faster system. Um, Now, is this a small thing? Is this a band-aid? Then maybe, maybe that's something you go and you see your doctor every once in a while for, and you hope it gets better, right? But you really, really need to evaluate how long this takes. And if you really think you can wait that long.
0: And then the last part, and this is really the most important part that you should use when you're evaluating anybody talking about help. Uh, for your relationships, right? Is is and you're looking at hiring somebody. I want you to ask this question: Has this person worked with people like me and gotten the outcomes that I want? Okay, so what does that mean? Well, talking about your relationships, has this person worked with other polyamorous people who are suffering from you know A, B, and C problems that I'm facing, and helped them overcome those challenges, stay together, and get to a place where they're feeling happy and fulfilled and they're, you know, enjoying their time with their partners, whatever the outcome is that you want. But has this person worked with people like me and helped them to get the outcome that I want? So how do you figure that out? Well, you you can ask, right? Which I suggest that you do. At a bare minimum. At a bare minimum. But really, at the end of the day, that's it's not a very reliable way to go about that. The, the really realistic way to do this is to... Uh, ask for testimonials. And now I and I understand, and this is where you'll get into things with therapists a lot of times where they'll be like, well, you know, we have, we have, you know, there's HIPAA laws and there's privacy things and I can't disclose this, that and the other. And okay, well, I don't know what the solution is for that. All right. But what I will say is me personally, I wouldn't trust my relationships to somebody who I couldn't answer that question for. And I have talked to therapists in the past, you know, particularly in the in the poly world who have been willing to let me talk to a couple of past clients that they have, you know, that kind of agreement with and things like that. But Here's what I would suggest, as I said, so you want to, you want to check that out. You want to try and figure out have they worked with people like me, people going through the challenge that I'm facing and and getting the outcome that I want in order to do that. You want to look for testimonials and you don't want to just go for, I tell people this all the time. Like you don't just want written testimonials on somebody's website. I mean, those are fine. We have some written ones from people who aren't comfortable getting on camera or audio for whatever reason, like job purposes, because we deal with polyamory and relationship stuff. But, you know, I don't ever just trust when I see things written on people's websites with no verification. So you can either look for a place that does like actually verified reviews, like where, where there's actually a company that mediates that stuff. But, you know, more importantly for me, I like looking for places where, um you know, I can talk to people. Um, we actually don't do that because we have too many, too many people who, uh, we would talk we, to. yeah, who we talk to, who would be harassing the hell out of our clients, but if not talking to, I and I actually prefer this is like video testimonials, audio testimonials. You know, we have a number of these on our site for just this reasons that people can go and they can look and they can see. Here's people. We get this a lot. Here's this person who you know, like a lot of people is like, you know, like I'm 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 in Jessica's situation, right? Or I'm in Wolf's situation, or I'm in you know, but here's people who are like me who are facing the same challenges as me who got from point a to point b working with this person and that really is the single most important question that you can ask so just to sum this up how do you want to evaluate somebody who you're thinking about asking for help well a are they polyamorous b how much of their time do they spend you know doing this specific thing how much of their time do they spend helping people improve their relationships what's their process how long is that process going to take and where are you going to be at the end of that? And have they worked with other people like you and gotten them the outcome that you are looking for in your relationships? Okay. I hope that we've helped clarify things because this is really, a really important issue, right? Because so many of us, we go through things in our relationships. We look for outside help and knowing what we're looking for, what the, the, the outcome is that we're looking for. And, and depending on that outcome you know, where might be the best place to look for help and how specifically to evaluate people that we're thinking about helping us with our relationships is super important because it's, it's, it can be the difference between turning things completely around and on the one hand, getting absolutely nothing. And in the worst case, actually having things go worse. So I hope that this has been very helpful for you. I hope we have also cleared up, you know, the times that we, we say things about, specific instances of therapy and people are like, well, you don't like therapists like, no, that's not the case, right? You just you need to understand what you're looking for and the caveats with everything when it's good, when it might not be, and how to evaluate people specifically. And the last thing that I'll say is if you are looking for help with your relationships and you want an option. Uh, Where you can go through and evaluate those steps that we gave you and see if it might be a good fit for you and what you're looking for. This is what we do. We help people with their relationships, but we do full time every day. We help polyamorous people get from that place of like, ah, this sucks. I hate my relationship. I want to break up to oh, this is amazing, and I'm, I'm super happy to be in this relationship. And if that's something, if you'd like to talk to us, see if we might be able to help you there, evaluate those steps that we gave you to evaluate. What I suggest that you do is you can set up a free call with us. We'll talk about what challenges you're facing and you know, see if working together might be a good fit. If not, what your, your next good steps would be. And you can set that free call up by going to atouchaflavor.com forward slash call. And you can book a call with our team on our calendar. So we're real quick going to answer a couple questions that people had. We like to get through that chunk so that people who are tuning in for the specific topic can get that answer. So what do we think about sex therapists? I want to preface this. So sex therapists can be helpful, right? And let me tell you when I think they can be helpful and, and, and my kind of a caveat to that. So when can a sex therapist be helpful? A sex therapist can be helpful if... I have this problem, this sexual problem, like a specific sexual problem that I want solved. Say I, I'm a female and I have problems orgasming or I'm a man and I'm having erectile, erectile. dysfunction mm-hmm. or I'm a female and this is a question that we've gotten a lot in the past and I'm, I'm really having problems staying lubricated during sex or even, you know, and, and this can fall in that line between sex therapist and not sex therapist, but I have some kind of trauma in the past that's affecting my, um, you know, it's affecting me when I go to have sex and have intimate relationships with other people. And I need to solve that.
1: And another area where sex therapy can be really helpful. And I've actually referred people to sex therapists for this is I am trying to figure out my sexual identity, not I'm trying to figure out problems in my relationship, but like, I don't know if I'm bisexual. I don't know if I'm straight. I don't know if I'm gay. And I am really internally having difficulties with that. Like I am having a lot of upset and stress and dealing with my own inner struggles with that. That's a very good place to talk to a sex therapist.
0: Yeah. So a sex therapist can be helpful. Now, this is where I, I throw the caveat to this. What a lot of people may not realize depending on long they've been around is that we did – a lot of like, um, improve your sex life stuff for years. One of the things that causes transition into this more relationship focused space is something that we realized is, is a lot of times when people say that they're having problems with their sex life and they'd come to us and they'd say, look, you know, I'm having problems with my sex life, sex with my partner sucks, blah, 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 you know, or even some of those physical problems that we were talking about, A lot of times, once you really got talking to them, it turned out that there were relationship problems there that were affecting their intimacy. Because at the end of the day, when we're not in a good place with our partners, that tends to very much affect our sex lives with that person for most of us. So I would say that if it's a question you really need to ask yourself, right? If you're like, yeah, this really is like a physical problem or like a trauma-related problem. And, you know, and I, then, then a sex therapist is a good answer. But if you think about it, you're like, you know, really? Chances are that like the rest of our relationship isn't this great. And, you know, actually, probably that's probably having an impact on our sex life. Then that's actually a better time to talk to somebody about your relationships.
1: And a great indicator of this is me and my partner had a great sex life. And now it's bad. Our relationship used to be good. Now it's bad. A lot of times there's a link there as to why suddenly the sex life that was good shifted. If it's not a physical thing, right? Like if it's not something like erectile dysfunction or a woman who maybe have had a child and now there's a medical issue with that. Like if there isn't a medical answer to that question of why our relationship was good. Sex was good. Our relationship is bad. Sex is bad. Typically it's the relationship stuff is impacting the sex stuff.
0: Um, And one more thing I'll take quickly. We had a question from Jason. Can we touch on where therapy works and falls for those who are single and have difficulty finding relationships? I can talk about this. Uh, Yeah. It's actually in in an amusing way going to be somewhat of a similar answer. Mm -hmm. So go ahead.
1: So again, uh, dealing with a therapist when you're single and you're struggling with that, having a place to talk and vent um, specifically, and this is specifically for single people, this is where this answer differs a little bit, is it is really good, really good to have someone that you can complain to and, and vent to and stress to about being single versus your friends versus your dates, because you will chase your dates away if you sit there and say... I'm miserable. I can never get out on dates and dating sucks, and blah, 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 blah. So, having someone that you can go to and talk to about that and say, hey, I'm stressed out. It stinks. I can't find a date. That's a really good place to have therapy. It's also good if you're trying to be a little self reflective, you know, think about some things that you can do differently. But that should be a short run. Coaching is probably the area you want to go seeking is like a dating coach, someone who's going to give you information on how to change. On um, how to get
0: from single to having dates.
1: Yeah, which that's your specific goal, right? Is going from no dates to having dates to finding relationships, if that's what you're looking for, right? So going to someone who has like a system for doing that, because if you were going to figure it out, you would have figured it out. And also, if you're recognizing that you're going back over and over again, and you're not improving, that's a sign that you probably need someone to give you the tools to help you improve that specific skill, which is dating.
0: And just to throw in there, right, like and same kind of thing, if you have like specific things that you like internal things that you want to work on, like maybe anxiety, like maybe anxiety around dating, gets a little iffy because sometimes the anxiety just comes from not being able to get dates. So actually finding somebody who can help you with that is, is, is good. But, um, you know, like anxiety or like, you know, I've had stuff happen in my past to where it inhibits my ability to form relationships, or I'm at a point where like, I have no self-esteem at this point. Like those can be good things in a short run to talk to a therapist about, but even some of those in the longer run that really stems from the most helpful things going to be, moving forward yeah moving forward on it somewhat of a similar answer the only thing about it right is that you don't have this kind of nebulous thing of therapists when you're talking about dating you have you know therapists for the specific issues but you know that if you're actually trying to improve your dating you go look specifically for somebody to help with that so yeah all right all right folks we're gonna wrap up thank you so much for coming on today have a great weekend we're gonna go climb a mountain and we'll talk to you all again very soon
1: see you later bye Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building
0: relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1.